0: Alex DiRocco joins us to discuss everything that happened down in Louisiana with Sooner softball, plus a preview of the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. You are
1: locked on Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thanks for following us for your Sooner coverage, your team every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, joined by Alex DiRocco. Alex, uh, well, things are going well once again for Sooner softball. Another perfect weekend for Oklahoma down in Louisiana. And there's a lot to dissect, but let's start with just the performances in the circle and Probably the performance that most everybody was most excited about was the collegiate debut of one S.J. Garen. A couple of uh, appearances for her. What did you make of what we saw from S.J.?
1: I was so excited for S.J. Um, I feel like um, she just has grown so much in the short amount of time while in college and I was so like glad that she finally got to see the field and see those results um because that's what she deserves. Um she's got a little hard when she's been gearing up for this moment and having to practice and throw against OU hitters the past year and a half. So uh, I'd say she's pretty pretty ready for for what's about to um be on her plate from here on out. Um, I thought coach Gasso brought her out in a really great moment and being able to use this weekend and, and kind of show her stuff. Um, And I think coach yesterday also put it really, really well in her presser of just now there's six OU pitchers that opponents have to gear up for. So um, with that addition, I've been waiting for it. Um, Obviously like last year um, I felt like kind of uh, that, just like mother part of it, just being so much older than her and then Katie in, in the bullpen. So I was really, really excited for her to to see her moment really shine in that debut
0: this weekend. You've uh, not that this was your story, Alex, uh, in college, but you've had teammates. I'm sure that, look, they come in, they redshirt, they don't start straight away, whether that's pitchers or any position player. For SJ to sort of wait the turn, so to speak, how happy were you as a former teammate to see her get this moment?
1: Yeah, I was pumped and just like a big part of it too is um, she didn't really give up and get Um, discouraged. She found last year as a really big stepping stone and helped us in a lot of other ways that uh, maybe people or fans might not be able to see and just being able to help Coach Rocha with calling pitches um, or just uh, pointing out little details within a hitter within the at-bat itself or even in film. She was a big part of um, writing uh, notes and film and stuff. So she was just as much in all of the nitty gritty of all of it last year. So I was excited to see like what that stepping stone has really led for her to do um, up in this in this debut. Um, so I was just really excited for her. Um, I know that there's been so much work that has gone into it. Um, and so I'm, I'm just really proud of her as as a former teammate and alum.
0: And then, obviously, to go out and the, the second appearance, two and two-thirds innings of work, scoreless uh, softball, picks up the win versus Central Arkansas, all of it, uh, the the preparation led to results. What did, What did you think of just the pitching performance that it was for SJ? Yeah, absolutely. I just think,
1: like, I loved – obviously – Um, a lot of zeros across of her stat line and stuff, but I think a big one um, is uh, walks. When you see a zero walks in a debut, I think that's huge no matter how small or big that um, appearance is. Um, So when you're able as a, um, not a newcomer, but when you're able to step onto that stage and really kind of shine in that way, I think that just adds another level of what she brings to the pitching staff in that kind of depth because um, as a pitcher, the biggest thing, like, hits hits will be hits, and you're going to give those up. But if you're able to not give any free passes, that's a really big thing as a pitcher, but also super emphasized um, uh, from Coach Gassel as well as Coach Rocha. So I was, that was one thing that I really uh, thought stood out to me. And then just being able to see, like, her emotion and her excitement. Um, she's one that's kind of soft-spoken um, and stuff. So I've seen her transition into just being someone that's, like, allowed to just – show her emotion on her sleeve a little bit more, and so it was really cool to see her get fired up because um, I know I'm kind of infamous for getting fired up on the mound, so it was really, really cool to see her show that um, after her success in those moments.
0: And the fan base, right? Uh, the Oklahoma <laughs> fan base is always great, but I think they get it, you know, pay your dues and here's your moment. The response from the fan base, how cool was that to see for SJ?
1: Just awesome. I think um, the biggest thing that you can do is be supportive, and so I was really pumped that not only like alum or former teammates or or teammates, I know that the team was so so excited for her and just seeing that too, and being able to support her and like the stat line afterwards. But then seeing the support from from Sooners fans that have been waiting for this debut just because of her high ranking and and seeing what she's been developing, kind of everyone's kind of curious and like, what does S J have that we haven't seen yet? So they. Finally got to see it unveiled, and I was really excited that they were just so supportive because um, I know in the locker room she is one of the most supportive uh, people as well, um, and it's hard to be in the position she was in the last year, so I was really excited to um, have her be celebrated by her teammates and fans as well.
0: Kirsten Deal, it was a, a nice bounce back from, obviously, the performance versus Long Beach State, comes in and uh, was dominant in her performance. What did you make of what you saw from Kirsten?
1: Yeah, I just felt like she was just confident. There was no waiver. There was no doubt from her and, and that presence on the mound. I feel like as a pitcher, your presence is always huge. Um, and I love that every pitcher on the staff brings a different kind of presence. Um, and Katie is, is really fun to watch. Um, and she she's still super young. And I feel like people don't realize that because at the back half of the year last year, she really kind of picked it up and stepped into some key roles. Um, but when you really go into the grand scheme of things, she had less than 30 innings last year. So she's still growing and she's still young in that collegiate, um, mindset and stuff. So I'm really excited to see that she was able to bounce back the way that she was. Um, and I know that this past week of practice probably had a lot to do with it, of just making sure that she is confident in everything that she's doing, whether that's her spin location. And like I said, presence, um, uh, she has just just a different kind of attitude with her. And I love watching her throw when she has that with her. And I think um, in the future, when she goes to throw with that, as long as she has that attitude, that that special something that she brings, that's going to make her successful as well as everything else that goes into pitching.
0: 10 punch outs, not too bad, right? Five innings pitched, uh, 10 punch outs. You'll take that every time eight to nothing win uh, over Lamar in that Kirsten deal performance for both SJ and Kirsten. And maybe you've touched on it a little bit already, Alex, but what do you see as sort of both strengths, their weaknesses, where can they continue to improve? What are they doing well so far?
1: Yeah, I think they're locating pretty well. And also just keeping that spin in mind. Um, In this game, in in age of what's kind of going on in in softball, is you see speed take over in a lot of ways. Um, And I think they are two pitchers uh, that are still young, but they're able to kind of get crafty because that they have um, some seniority um, in the bullpen that kind of can take that over. So when you're able to kind of develop that craftiness, the spin, the location, um, I think in the years to come, it can only give them uh, even more just depth within themselves as a pitcher, um, in the bullpen and on the mound and stuff. And so, um, I think as they grow into that, um, I think that's going to be huge for the future. Um, not only years to come, but also come June. Um, but I also think a, a big part of their strength is their coachability, um, in their ways. I think they, they, um, Obviously want more innings, but that's hard to come by when you have so many great pitchers um, as well as people around you in the bullpen. Um, So I'm just I love that they have really bought into their roles um, to continue the success that uh, the pitching staff has had.
0: Let's drill a little bit deeper down on that because, look, uh, there's six arms that Oklahoma feels really, really good about. It's a beautiful thing. There's nothing about it uh, really that's negative beyond, okay, how do we sort of manage all of this and maybe keep everybody happy to some degree and then find work for everyone I think is a challenge for Coach Gasso and for Coach Rocha. So let's let's talk a little bit about that plus just uh, the – well, nine zero start now for Oklahoma. Wins over Central Arkansas, nine to nothing over McNeese State, eight to one. Lamar an eight to nothing shutout there. Another shutout of McNeese State, three to nothing, and then one final eight to nothing run rule victory over Central Arkansas. We've got a lot to dissect. With Alex Alex Tiraka. we'll do so as we roll along on this edition of Locked On Sooners. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Okay, so again, it's a full-time job, Alex, to break down just the the pitching for Oklahoma in 2024 because they've got so many options. Uh, We did get to see, again, Nicole May and Kelly Maxwell. They each went out and uh, I thought were mostly terrific four innings of one hit ball for Nicole May one walk six strikeouts Maxwell in uh, in her appearance five innings pitched three hits allowed the one earned run 8 Ks seems like for me business as usual for these two but what impressed you about both Nicole May and Maxwell uh well this past weekend and then so far in 2024
1: yeah, I feel like those two are going to be your anchors and your core of your pitching staff, um, and they just continue to impress. Um, nothing too surprising. Uh, they have a lot of uh, just adversity under their belt. They they have a lot of innings under their belt and a lot of just high pressure situations. So when you have these kind of weekends of of maybe not as high caliber um, teams, you're able to just use them as kind of a, a kind of just a setting point of where the attitude is, where, where um, you're going to attack in that point of view. And, and so I think May and and Kelly just do a really good job of, of keeping their very stoic, very, you know, to the point pitching, um, and they just get it done their business as usual. Um, And I'd have to kind of group Carly in that she's, she's not an emotion pitcher, um, which is just so funny. And I, I, tip my hat to them because I'm such an emotional pitcher in a lot of different ways. Um, But I think that that makes it fun too, because you don't know whether what the score is, if you're looking at their face or um, their emotion in a lot of ways. And so that those three are really like fun to watch and try to decipher what they're going to do next with their next move. Um, But I really do love that Kelly and Nicole are really just Adaptable in their anchor ways and being able to be um, a really good foundation within um, the pitching staff.
0: The beautiful thing about pitching, right, is there's no uh, one exact science to throw strikes and to get outs, and there's no one personality necessarily that is best inside the circle, right? So for you, you describe yourself an emotional pitcher, uh, kind of running on high emotionally. When did you figure out... uh, was it through elementary ball? Was it at Michigan? Was it at Oklahoma? When did you sort of iron down? Okay. Emotionally, this is the type of pitcher that I am and it's okay to be this way, or maybe I need to gear it down at times. When did you figure out personality wise who Alex DeRocco was in the circle?
1: Um, I for sure think my time at Michigan um, really identified that for me and just was able to know, like, this is who I am not a lot of pictures are like this way and but some are and so I feel like a part of me there really was able to identify it I was able to kind of control it a little better um, just because of with practice of focal points and and resetting and um, really buying into a pitcher mindset of kind of having that goldfish memory because I feel like that's a really big thing as a pitcher. Um, so you can wear your emotions on your sleeve, but you have to keep them in check because as soon as they go down down the toilet, they they're going. And so um, I feel like that was a really big thing for me to kind of um, envelop while at, at Michigan. But I feel like at OU, I was really able to. Um, kind of dive into it a little deeper and know that um, I pitch better when I have emotion and I have something really kind of, no matter who I was playing, no matter um, what part of the lineup I was pitching to, I I thrived better um, emotionally into my pitching instead of like, okay, like this is just another team, kind of very stoic, very non-emotional. I, I didn't have success that way, um, which I found very different. I didn't realize that until I got to OU and we dove deeper into like that kind of mindset and the uniqueness of each pitcher. Um, so I think that's something that maybe not a lot of programs, um, kind of let you dive into. So it was exciting because I feel like that also stemmed from having so many different kinds of pitchers that are also talented, just like you being able to dive into yourself and not only who you are on the mound and off the mound, but also like the way that you throw, um, similar to Kelly that she talked about previously. Like I didn't, I didn't watch film a whole ton at my previous institution. And so I feel like kind of adding that to the mix uh, really just helped uh, the evolution of my pitching uh, collegiately.
0: So for SJ and for Kirsten and, and maybe uh, even for Peyton Monticelli, those light bulb moments are are still happening, right? Because they're a little bit younger. W- when I listened to you there, it, sort of illuminates for me that maybe even for Nicole and for Kelly and for Carly as elder statesmen if you will older pitchers if you will that they can still have light bulb moments in their career it, it, toward the end of it in the you know in college is that possible for for the older arms for Oklahoma are they still experiencing light bulb moments if you will at times
1: oh absolutely i thought I thought after four years at Michigan and playing at the level that I was, I was like, oh, there's nothing more to learn. And then I got to OU, and obviously my mind was blown. And so I feel like Carly and Kelly and Peyton will for sure experience a ton of those um, this year. But also, I think, too, what's super fun and really nice as a transfer at OU, when you have pitchers like um, Nicole May and even Coach Rocha, and, like, I know that KD and SJR, they're also – they also, like – Wait, how was that situation, and like, what did you do um, prior to maybe uh, when you were here? So I feel like when they, when you have people around you that are also interested in your past experiences and how you overcame them, I feel like that just adds to it a lot. Not only is, um, not only are they learning, but they're also learning more about um, more situations, but about you as a person and a player as well. And I think that also adds to just the depth of the pitching staff. I think it's, um, it just adds to um, just the core and the ability to enjoy other people's success when you know that they all want the same thing as you and there's really no competition because you guys all support each other in a lot of different ways. And I feel like when you're as successful as you are, it's really hard to come by. And I feel like that's probably a lot of fans maybe that aren't OU fans are kind of surprised to hear about is that there really is so much camaraderie and just joy for each other's success that maybe people wouldn't really understand because they've never seen that before in a program,
0: so. No, that that makes sense, and uh, what a wonderful thing for OU to have that. Uh, final couple of pitchers that we didn't just totally deep dive the performance from this last weekend. Carly Keeney, Peyton Monticelli, what do you make of what you saw from this last weekend from those two?
1: Yeah, I feel like those two are very different when you compare them to each other, Peyton, I can already tell she's full of emotion and I love it. And she's just really like enjoying the transition and enjoying like being a sponge to every information that she's getting. She has three amazing older pictures that she gets to learn from as well as learn from Katie and SJ that have already been in the program, um, and kind of can help, uh, teach those, uh, those ways and the ropes of how it, how it goes around here. Um, so I think she's really fun to just watch, and she's going to be a big situational pitcher in my mind. She she brings that speed that not a lot of others have. Um, she has the power and she has a presence that's it's really fun and, and exciting to watch. She's she's pointing at people on, on defense and and knowing that she's there and she's communicating with people on, on like around the field with her. And I, I love seeing that energy out of her. And then Carly, she's another one of those stoic kind of mysterious pitchers, but she has so much movement to her stuff. She's a vet when it comes to all that and and it's really exciting to see maybe what she can bring to also help um, just the youngsters, but as well as like Carly and and Nicole and, and see how she can also help just kind of bring her ways into the whole, the whole jungle of it all.
0: I would never describe having six reliable arms as any sort of a problem. That's if it is a problem, Hey, it's a, it's a good problem to Mm -hmm. have. But now that in, you'll probably get tired of hearing this question over the course of this season because it's going to probably come up on a number of occasions, but for Oklahoma and for coach Gasso and for coach Rocha, now that we've got a couple of weeks of uh, a sample size, if you will, how, how do you see this evolving the way that OU is going to use these six different arms? How do you think this progresses going forward based on what we've seen so far?
1: Yeah, I think so far we've kind of gotten a little stitch of the season and and you know you don't really know who's throwing. Um obviously like I talked about before, you see Kelly and, and Nicole being a little bit more of the core anchors. Um but I feel like even coach talked about in in the press conference this week of like not letting opponents know who's coming at them next and I think that's so fun and exciting and I'm sure like she probably feels like in the corner like ooh, who am I going to throw next and stuff so I feel like as a coach it's really exciting as a fan it's kind of exciting just to try to f- figure it out um feels like a game within a game um and just knowing that the opposite team has to try to figure out okay wh- who's play whose game plan was who who's throwing what kind of pitches let's try not to mix them all up um, I feel like that's just going to add to it. So I feel like you're going to see a little bit maybe more of just pitching by committee just to help throw up, throw off other offenses like other teams have tried to do to OU prior to this year as well. So I feel like that's just going to add another dimension to um, OU's pitching staff and, and their game plan um, and being able to manipulate uh, the pitching staff in that kind of way.
0: Listen, when we have Alex DiRocco in the house, ladies and gentlemen, there will be much pitching conversation. That's just the nature of the beast. But we haven't talked a lot about that Sooner offense. Let's do that next. And plus, the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. What can we expect? We'll dive into it here on Locked On Sooners. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel. That's right, with America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bucks. if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com to shoot your shot today. Again, FanDuel.com slash on to shoot your shot today. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Hanging out with Alex Storocco here with you on Locked On Sooners. Well, what do you make of uh, Oklahoma offensively a couple of weeks into the season? The, you and I were joking before we started taping the program today. It's a beautiful thing with Oklahoma fans that there's almost a little bit of a freak out when you win a game, three to nothing, uh, what's going on with the offense, and hey, maybe that wasn't uh, the, the greatest offensive performance versus McNeese to uh, end Saturday, but by and large, I think it's mostly been good, and uh, the stars that we've known to be stars are, of course, stars once again, but what do you what do you make of the offense so far for Oklahoma in 2024? Yeah,
1: I feel like they're just getting they're just touching the brink of it all. Um, it's really just the tip of the iceberg and just trying to figure out where in the lineup coach likes people. I think that's a big thing this weekend. We saw a lot of shakeup of of who's leading off, where who's in the three-four hole. It, it she kind of put out any kind of lineup that maybe was random and she really put it out there. And so I was kind of excited to see that just to see how the the lineup would react, but also just to see who kind of stepped up in those moments, Um, which was fun to see because you didn't, you had a couple that maybe you weren't, you were surprised to see kind of come out on top in some situations. Um, But I think too, with this weekend, um, might've probably felt like a little bit of a lull. You had a really big Puerto Vallarta tournament and then you have Mary Nutter coming up. So you kind of have a filler tournament um, maybe in in that middle ground. And so sometimes I feel like it's hard to, get motivated in that in that aspect and really kind of turn it on. Um, I feel like OU has always found a way to just flip the switch and, and come up with solutions left and right. And so I know at the end of the day, they all they want is a W and they don't really care how they come about it, whether that's a really big nail biter um, in the eighth inning or um, something that kind of happens with eight runs in the first five innings. So I feel like at the end of the day, they know like, okay, we're going to get it done as matter how, like we're just going to get it done. And so I feel like that might be a little bit part of the guiltiness of maybe the 10 runners left on in that McNeese game. That was a little bit closer that sooner fans might've freaked out about a little bit. Um, but also like you have to tip your cap to an opposing pitcher that is able to find a way to keep spinning the ball against these kind of, this kind of offense and, and know that, um, Back to back to back, you have some of the best hitters in the country, and and I think that was a part of the McNeese game as well. Um, uh, their pitcher did really well coming in and and kind of shutting it down when she needed to, um, and that those are just those kinds of moments that maybe you don't expect, and that's why maybe some fans were a little frustrated. But also, it's 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 February, so we don't want to be playing our best softball in February. We want to be playing it in June. And that's a really big message that coach Casso always emphasizes um, and just continuing to grow. Um, And I know that when she asks those, okay, what's our performance this weekend out of 10? um, I know those answers are low just because that team knows that they can do so much better. Um, And there's, there's always so much more work to do, no matter if you had five, um, five inning games or, had four and a close one that you went to a full seven or something like that. So I feel like that kind of brings that aspect. Um, and just knowing that there's, there's more time to grow. So I'm okay with more time to grow. I'd be maybe a little bit more concerned if we're playing our best ball in February. So I think that's a big aspect to think about, um, when it comes to watching these maybe, um, soon games within the season. So
0: the the offense by coach gasso's own admission uh, earlier today with one chris plank on the radio airwaves wants a little bit more offensively and maybe some of that is the the one saturday game but probably listening to coach it's it's more than just the the one saturday game versus mcneese state right probably uh, she's she's looking holistically across the board what she's seen so far from her offense so if uh, if there is Anything for Oklahoma that you can qualify as an offensive rut, I don't think you can do that. But let's just say that you want more out of the offense, right? Oklahoma wants more out of the offense. What buttons are they pushing privately to get just that accomplished?
1: Yeah, I think a big part is like not aiming for the big ball, the home run ball, um, and knowing that in a lot of success, you're going to find it when you go back to like the line drive mentality, the contact kind of ball, Um and get back to the basics instead of maybe trying to achieve what OU softball is known for. And that's that long ball, the home run ball, the success that we've seen in the past years may not be as frequent as we've seen. So just kind of going back into the basics, those bunts, um, those like little plays that maybe you might not think are planned, but are totally planned. I swear. Um, and so, when you have that different aspect of going back to the basics, going to shoot for the gaps and go for a hit in the in the three, four hole, the five, six hole, that's what you're looking for. Um, those hard ground, those hard ground balls, those are gonna make make defenses work a little bit more instead of just having to turn around and watch the ball fly out of the stadium. So I feel like when you when you don't try for that, I think that's when you're gonna see that transition within the offense of exploding and and letting themselves kind of do what they do instead of try to achieve that status that they've already proven themselves to be. Um, And so I think that's a big part of this next kind of transition as you go from Mary Nutter to the big emotional weekend of of opening at Loves. I think that's the kind of transition you'll see is maybe a more effective softball instead of big headline long ball kind of show when you see the offense. I think you're going to maybe see a little bit more strategy within um, that lefty approach uh, with Jada Coleman, Riley Boone, Avery Hodge, see if she can put in a little button here and there. I think that's where you're going to see a little bit more of a transition maybe in the next coming of weeks and and just appreciate the long ball when we can get it.
0: This is not an incredibly nuanced question, but I'll ask it anyways. How good are Riley Boone and Jada Coleman?
1: I think it's so – I think they're just so underrated. Like they're they're so celebrated, but I don't think people realize how special they truly are when it comes to – like I previously previously said in other shows of like that three-way lefty, they're really hard to come by in this day and age. And, and they're so strategic. You don't think that they can b- get better. And then they do, and they drop this beautiful bunt. And before you even look up to go throw first, they're already there. So they bring that and then they bring the power. Um, and it, they're so strategic. They're so... Involved in those little details that I think that's what also makes them so good. They're not just good hitters. They they love watching the defense scramble when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, and they practice it. They practice it uh, more than you might think. Um, and so it's fun to see them. Like, I think that's a little bit part of that extra celebration after a big, big bunt like that. Um, so I just, I love watching them play. They play with so, so much emotion and so much, surprise when it comes to an opposing team that um gives them that little bit more of a it factor
0: the middle infield battle if you will or the progression there what do you make of what you've seen so far from Avery Hodge and what's happening at second base for OU
1: yeah I think honestly it's going to be more of a strategy pull when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of things Lena Torres is has been pretty clutch when it comes to her pinch hit opportunities. Um, I think she's a solid glove. She's athletic. She can play literally anywhere within third. She, she showed off at third this weekend. She's played the outfield. She's played at second. I think she, like that brings a lot to it, um, especially her, her clutch moments um, at the plate. Avery Hodge is, is going to be that more strategy. If you need a bunt, a slap that lefty aspect, um, but then also she's a little bit more of your defensive specialist. So in those close games, in the later innings, I think you're going to see Avery at second there a little bit more than maybe the others. And Quincy, I think is still getting that kind of rhythm over there and just trying to find her way and fight her way into that, um, that dog fight. She brings a lot of power and um, you might not expect it. She brings a lot of that, that lefty um, ability in that bunt and slap. And, and she works just as hard um, as um, Boone and Jada in that aspect. And so um, I hope she really grows into that maybe offensive scheme of maybe playing a little bit more strategy than anything. Um, and then just locking down. She had a lot of key plays of turning a double play with Tiari this weekend, which was exciting to see and see her get just in com- um, comfortable in that position. She's so fun to watch. Um, and so I'm excited to see if she gets a little bit more op- opportunity um, when it comes to game time.
0: Two-parter on our way out the door, Alex. I thought it was great to see Riley Ludlam, who obviously transfers into Oklahoma, picks up uh, three starts this past weekend, couple as the designated player, one behind the plate, and then just your thoughts on the upcoming Mary Nutter Collegiate. What what did you think about Riley Ludlam and what she's bringing to OU, and what do you expect from uh, the Mary Nutter Collegiate?
1: Yeah, I think it's she's so fun to just even listen to when it comes to her reflecting on her chances and stuff. Um, but then also just see that kind of player evolve to kind of the star-studded team that OU is. It's been really fun to see her grow, um, and I think the growth is is just a reflection of the player that she is, the person that she is. Um, And knowing that once, as soon as she got to Norman, she's been a sponge ever since and knowing that it's all paying off for her is really cool to see um, in a lot of different um, aspects and stuff. So I'm excited to see what kind of role that she's starting to fill maybe more permanently when it comes to those clutch moments that she's been having at the play and see if she kind of fills in maybe a DH position, if there's some, some uh, arguments there, but also knowing that, Um, she's stepping up when she needs to when uh, Kinsey needs a rest um, along some big weekends um, and long weeks uh, when it comes down to it. So I think that's really exciting. And then I'm really excited for Mary Nutter. I actually get to go. Um, So I'll be going this weekend, really pumped about it. Um, Me and my dad are going and just, um, I'm excited to see just how it all is. I know it's not the the usual UCLA matchup on a Sunday, um, but I kind of love the matchups that we're getting. You got maybe a couple trap games. We'll see. Um, I'm excited to watch the Mississippi State and the Wisconsin games. Those are two I kind of have circled, but also know San Diego State is not out of the fight. Um, And after a late night with Wisconsin, I'm excited to see what kind of they make of all of it and stuff. So, I think there's a lot of different aspects. There's a lot of games. I think those first three are maybe kind of circled. Mississippi State has had a great run so far. I think they're 8-1 and on on the year, um, and they just had their pitcher um, awarded the SEC Pitcher of the Week. So I think it'll be a couple good games, maybe not – marquee matchups like we're used to but um just really excited to see maybe what kind of more coach Castle can do with the lineup and maybe a little bit more preview of of some solidarity when it comes to pitching staffs or positions from the weekend and stuff so I'm excited to see what
0: Mary nutter brings well we are all excited to follow along with you on social media at Alex Storaco on uh, X formerly known as Twitter <laughs> have fun with pops at the uh, ball games mm-hmm. and uh we'll look forward to catching up next week Alex Thank you so much. And until next time, everybody, this is Josh Elmer alongside Alex and uh, John when he's here normally saying so long, everybody on Locked On Sooners.